Hello, and welcome to this episode of Sticky Note Marketing. Super excited to continue our expert series here with Sarah Block of Tiny Marketing. So if you have ever wondered, well, how could I increase my marketing impact? How could I actually adopt systems that could make my business more effective and more meaningful to the audiences I want to engage but I don't want to grow my teams or invest in a lot of budget investment, then this is the episode for you. So Sarah is going to be sharing her insights and marketing systems for tiny teams and budgets. So if you haven't met Sarah before, welcome to the podcast today. Sarah's a writer, editor, and content marketing strategist for facility services, construction, medical, and real estate products, as well as SaaS companies. So she works with time-strapped marketers in mid-sized B2B industries to build high-impact marketing without increasing headcount. So if that sounds good to you, you are in the right place. Welcome, Sarah, to the Sticky Note Marketing Podcast. Thanks for having me. Well, I know that um, gave a little bit of a background, but is there anything about you know what you do and, and tiny marketing that you wanted to share with the audience just to give them an idea of your background? Yeah, uh, a little primer to the origin story of me. <laughs> I worked as a one-person marketing department for a seven-company group, and that is really like... If I were a superhero, that would be the origin story. That's when the spider bit me. (laughs) And I I learned how to create systems that work when you don't really have resources, a team to be able to rely on. So I, I went heavy into building out processes, templates, batching systems to be able to market for multiple companies at one time when it was just me. And that's what I talk about every day now. Yeah. Unless we get that amazing superpower to actually clone ourselves, we we have to figure out another way, right? Next, next origin story. That will be just cloning. I love it. Well, my audience probably has heard me talk about my boys. My boys are eight and 10. So we watch a lot of Marvel in our house. Uh, I have two boys too, six and nine. Awesome. So we're definitely going to be embracing the, uh, the superpowers today. Yeah. So talking about some of those superpowers that you developed, those systems that you came up with today. So what what are some of those systems that the listeners who may be struggling with the fact that it may be just them, they may have a tiny team, but they're trying to make their, their marketing more effective, even when it's just organic? Yeah. So I rely exclusively on organic marketing for myself and my clients. And it's all about creating that one core thing. What thing can you commit to doing once a month, once a quarter even, when you have a really small team, and then being able to use that as much as possible. So for example, let's say you have one hour a quarter where you can spend that time interviewing an influencer. You can break that down into four videos, into four different podcast episodes. Um, You can take all of those topics that you talked about and create a long like pillar page on your website and then reach out to publications and do guest posts with different sections of that pillar page and creating social media from every single one of those things and emails from every single one of those things. So creating that core piece of content, that one thing you can commit to and then repurposing it into all of the different ways. So you're consistently showing up and you're not repeating yourself. A lot of people think repurposing is using the exact same thing on different platforms, but it's 
create, it's turning it into something new and valuable that works for that platform. I like it. So it's not necessarily just copy paste, but we're leveraging the rich content, that valuable content we created at the core. Yeah. Zero click content is what it's all about right now. LinkedIn doesn't want you leaving their platform. So if you can create text-based content that adds value straight on that platform where they don't leave, the algorithm will love you even more and will show your content even more. So creating zero-click content for social media from all of this content is is a plus. I love it. So zero-click meaning they're not coming off the platform. So LinkedIn's going to love you because you keep them there, right? By adding more valuable content. Yes. So many businesses are worried about zero-click content because you're not sending them to their website. But you're still building your brand and you're showing your value, you're teaching people, and they will eventually (laughs) come to your website. So when you're doing it for yourself or for your clients, are there certain questions that you're asking to figure out, you know, what kind of content to create in this repurposing system? Yeah, you really need to start with a foundation and build that content strategy right from the beginning. You can make every your content creation process super simple and ready to meet your team, but you need that foundation first. So do your customer research and do what I like to call copy swiping, where you're going on Amazon and looking at book reviews of like your core offer, something around your core offer and seeing what people are complaining about. Actually, that's the most beneficial thing. Look at those three star reviews and see what is it that they're missing and have that as part of your brand messaging. Look at Facebook groups and forums and see what pain points your audience is talking about. What is it that they really need from someone? And that's your content differentiator. That's something that you can add to your messaging to make you a little bit different. Build out that foundation first, figure out what your audience needs, and then create that simple structure around content creation. I love that. That's a that's a really important ninja hack. So if you guys did not write that down, remember, go to Amazon, check out reviews, check out Facebook groups, threads, and it's their words, right? How, to, how does yeah. your customer articulate it, not our expert language? Yes. And using their language is so important because that's what they're Googling. They're Googling how they talk. They're not Googling how we talk. So that's something special that you get that you can't get anywhere else is like, listening to them. Awesome. I love that. So maybe we have a few people listening that have gotten stuck before with content repurposing or organic content creation because they're not quote unquote good at a certain content form. Maybe they don't think of themselves as a writer. And so they're a little nervous when it comes to longer form content, or maybe they just don't like to see themselves on video. Is there anything that you'd say to someone who isn't quite sure that they have what it takes to do a certain kind of content? Yeah. Well, one, you're not required to do everything. So (laughs) you don't have to repurpose it into every single thing. But there are different hacks, too. If you do want to show up in, you know, written audio and video format, because, you know, I like to think of marketing as being a teacher and you need to teach people using their different learning styles Some people are audio learners and they want to listen to a podcast. But going back to your question, if they aren't fans of their own writing, then hire a freelancer. It's not that expensive. You don't have to do it yourself. 
or you can write the first draft as the subject matter expert and bring in an editor to refine it, make sure that it's really written in a format that works for content marketing because not everything is. And, um, or you could even start with AI copywriting and have an editor make it, make it look good, make it work for your content. And then if you don't like to show up on video, that's okay. You don't have to, you can use uh, your audio and a slide deck, or you can use your audio with B-roll combined with a slide deck. You don't have to show up on your, your face doesn't have to be on there if you don't feel comfortable with that. I love that. So it's not necessarily that, you know, you don't have to do them, but how could we do them? How could we take advantage of this? And going back to what you said, I think was core about how does your audience need to hear this information, right? That was learning styles. Yeah. Yeah. I, my husband is in education and it's a constant reminder, like him talking about how people learn. It's a constant reminder that that's really what our jobs are. Our jobs as marketers is to teach our audience how to solve their problem and, you know, add value for them. And eventually, you know, you are in trust with them. And if they want someone else to solve their problem for them, then they come to you because they know you know how to do it. I love that. So you're building up that trust, that authority, getting to Mm -hmm. see yourself. They, They see you, they can see the problems that you solve. So I think that's fantastic. What do you recommend for people who are embracing the recommendation to do the no click, right? So they're becoming uh, becoming advocates of staying on these platforms where they're creating their content. Is there a way that you recommend people looking at measurement then? How to actually measure or what metrics should they be looking at to measure their own success? Impressions is really actually more important. We used to think of impressions as more of a vanity metric that didn't really matter. But now that zero click is becoming so popular with the way the algorithms work on social media. Um, It's really those people that are lurkers. Mm -hmm. It's the only way to really measure that, that they see you at all is through the impressions because uh, so many of my clients, they say, Oh, I saw you on LinkedIn. They never commented. (laughs) They never never liked any of my posts. I had no idea they knew I existed, but they were, they were just silent lurkers. So impressions matter. And engagement of course is the best metric because well, you get seen by more people when someone engages, if someone likes your post or comments on it, shows up in their feed and then new people see it. So that's the best one. But for those lurkers, which most people who actually buy from you are lurkers, <laughs> the impressions are the only one that you can really measure. Got it. No, that makes a lot of sense. Are there any other systems that you recommend if there are folks listening who are, you know, teams of one or, or tiny teams to, to consider for, for themselves and their Business? Yeah, a lot of small marketing departments, especially one person marketing departments, don't think they need a project management tool because it's just them. But you do. <laughs> just you, I mean, even if you're using a free one, that is better than nothing because you need to be able to organize your projects, make sure everything's down, and you can template them once they're in a project management tool, and it's a lot easier to replicate. Um, another thing that you need to be doing is those small teams need to have freelance support. It's inexpensive and you can 
basically clone, as we were talking about, you can clone yourself by bringing in freelance report uh, resources, like get a virtual assistant. That's always my first recommendation for a hire as a virtual assistant. Freelance writers, because that is super time consuming. Writing a blog post on average takes about like six to eight hours. Mm -hmm. So get those six to eight hours back and put together a creative brief, hand it to a writer. You could do the final editing to make sure it hits that brand voice and then publish it. But that saves you six hours. And um, using automation whenever possible. Zap is my best friend. I make sure that anything that can be connected is connected and automated to auto automatically do it itself. Like I was saying that I was working for seven companies as a one person marketing department. If I have a intake form on my project management tool, those presidents can put in their requests for their projects in there. I can organize them, accept or reject them and template that entire project right in there. Makes it a lot easier. Social media automation, email automation, all of it. That's fantastic. So you're getting the information that you need to do your best work, mm-hmm. but they're able to give that to you in a in a simple way. And then you're getting the same format from all these different input areas. Yeah. It's a succinct way to gather all of the information you need to successfully deliver a project. I use teamwork for myself. It's my, I test a lot of technology and it's, it's been my favorite. Teamwork has been my favorite, but right in there, you have an intake form that you can send out to the president or different business unit leaders, whoever usually gives you your assignments or your project requests. And you can ask them to fill out the brief that's attached to it. You can ask them for any assets, photos that you need, and they can upload it straight to that form. Then it makes it a lot easier to, you know, assign it to freelancers, take take your projects, put on deadlines, and communicate. All communication happens in one place. I love that. Okay. So a couple things we want to remember, hopefully everyone's writing this on their sticky notes. We've got <laughs> automations for sure, making sure we've got those templates for the, any input we're taking in mm-hmm. as well as that input we're providing to any kind of freelancers and freelancers themselves being a huge benefit. If it's just you or you've got a tiny team. Yeah. And then you also mentioned the fact that even if it's just us, or it's just a couple of people having that project management for, for you is definitely seen as one of those must have. Yeah. Yeah, and I I also create templates for pretty much everything that I put together. So I have creative brief templates, email welcome sequence templates, sales sequence, everything that I have to do multiple times, I have that templated so it's easy for me to complete as fast as possible. I love that. No reinventing the wheel. No, what's the point? Once I find something that works, I stick to it. <laughs> nice. Let it be easy. Let it be easy. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. So what are some of the things that you hear from people when they're deciding to work with you? Those kind of common problems that are top of mind for people that are indicators that they're ready for what you offer your clients. Yeah, a lot of the people that I work with don't have any marketing department at all. And they are pretty big. They're like in the 30 million range and they still don't have a marketing department yet. So someone who is in charge of it might be the product manager or the sales manager, and they're not the experts. So they need someone to help them figure out that strategy. 
-hmm. Another problem that I see a lot is project management aspect. There's so much to do and they aren't sure how to develop a process around it, what resources they need, what team they need to pull together. That's another problem I see a lot or what to focus on, what marketing really works, especially like specifically for their industry. Mm -hmm. So having that foundation set with real research and real information. Well, there's a freedom to that, right? I mean, there are so many business owners that got into what they do or even business leaders that they're just, you know, like you're saying, the product owner, the product manager, they got into it because they have a zone of expertise and that zone just may not be working. And that's totally fine. I don't know your experience in this, but I have seen time and time again, it's always marketing that gets handed off to someone who's not a marketer. (laughs) It's like, we need somebody to handle our social media and you're, you've got a free five hours a week, so you're doing it. And it's not someone who has that marketing expertise, so they need to figure it out. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen plenty of people get gritty and resilient and, you know, do their very best with Google, you know, but there's only so much that we can learn. Right. And one of the things that I heard you say is it it is something that we have to know what's working now because it is changing. It does change rapidly. Yeah. And I think that it's totally possible to make it work if just like the only person available to do marketing is the receptionist, for example. I think you can still make that work if you have a consultant that you're working with who can guide them and show them how to like the strategy that makes sense and help them build those processes. Otherwise, that's a lot of spaghetti at the wall. (laughs) Right. No, totally. And like you said, once you have that strategy, you can build everything based on the core, right? So you have one core Mm -hmm. pillar content that you're then leveraging in these multiple areas. So yeah, exactly. Once you have that foundation, you can create systems to make it work, to make it run correctly. I love that. Now, is there any way that uh, people can follow up with you? If something we said today sparked a question or uh, I'm sure we answered some questions, but maybe there are more that are coming out. What's the best place for people to find you? Um, I hang out on LinkedIn. If it's uh, social media, you're looking for me. That's where I'm hanging out. It's Sarah Noel Block, my full name. Um, That's also my website is Sarah Noel Block. And you can also find me on uh, my podcast, Tiny Marketing. Yeah, if you guys haven't checked out Tiny Marketing, highly recommend it. Sarah also brings in a lot of different experts and shares her insight over there. So check out Tiny Marketing Podcast as well. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, any parting thoughts for our team today, if they're still curious about how they can improve their marketing systems, even with tiny teams and budgets? Yeah, I would say focus in on that core thing. What's the one thing you can commit to to doing and plan according to that. All you really need is that one core thing. I love it. The core thing. And then if you can, the automation and consistency. So I love that. Yeah. That comes next. (laughs) Fantastic. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us today and sharing your knowledge and expertise with our audience. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, if you guys are listening to this, definitely make sure to check out the links that are going to be coming with this episode. Follow up with Sarah over at Tiny Marketing Podcast or over connecting with her on LinkedIn or on her website. We'll make sure to include all those links and we'll see you on the next episode of Sticky Sticky Note Marketing Podcast. Cheers.